everybody. This is Music Therapy. Welcome to your 2023. We are kicking off the year with a very special group session. That's right. This group session was taped live at Cafe Mustache in October of 2022. This features Chicago band Asi Asi. Group session is where I talk with a full band about their dynamics, their creative process, how they work out ideas, and we hear a live set from them. My esteemed colleague Leslie Tanner also makes an appearance with some wise words to carry you into 2023. Asi Asi is a Mexican-American band from Chicago, and they blend rock, dance, and Latin themes together to form oftentimes haunting yet upbeat and catchy songs. And quickly, before we listen to the group session, um, I've got another group session coming up live. That's going to be at Cafe Mustache on Wednesday, February 8th, featuring Chicago band Smut. The other thing I wanted to share is Music Therapy now has a Discord. So come join us if you're inclined, if you want to get off social media, but you still want to talk music with your global bandmates. Come join us on the Discord. I've got a link in my Instagram and on the website musictherapypodcast.com as well. Let's get into it. This is a fun one. Here's Asi Asi on Music Therapy Group Session. I'll start. Uh, I'm Ben Geisel. I play drums. Uh, my name is Sam Copeland and I play the bass guitar. Uh, my name is Celine Rusk. I play keys and backup vocals. I am Fernando de Buen. I play the guitar and I sing. Uh, I'm Christian Castris. I play guitar. So how did you guys how did you guys meet? How did you begin this band? Uh, I think Ben and I were the first to start. Um, ben and I met through Ben's partner Hannah, who's my colleague at work, um, and she introduced us because I was looking for people to play with, and just so happened that Ben plays the drums, and so that's how we met. And then through our previous bass player, we met Celine. He pestered Celine for like six months to join. Very grateful. Yes, we were too. Uh, and then Sam and Christian are Craigslist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Craigslist band. Yeah. <laughs> How did you audition many people? How did you arrive at, at these two joining? I can't, yeah, so I would say we tried to post on Craigslist for a second guitarist once before, and we got nothing. And then post-pandemic, or kind of like as people were coming out of quarantine, we posted again because we needed a new bass player, and we got like 20 responses because I think people were just itching to do stuff. And so we brought like a couple people in, and uh, Sam was great. We clicked with him super well. So, but he was the second Sam. Yeah, there were two Sams in a row, he and was so we called them Sam Uno and Sam Dos. So, but guess who Sam Uno is now? <laughs> and then yeah, when we brought Christian on, similarly, we got quite a few people wanting to join and uh, Christian was super talented and super cool. So good fit for the band. So I'm curious, um, Christian and Sam, what were you guys looking for? Uh, you know, when you answered the ad, what did you, what appealed to you? What did you see? Um, I'll go first. Uh, I think 
the th- honestly, the thing that stood out to me was when I think it was Ben who wrote the ad. You listed a bunch of influences, uh, and I was like, "Oh, dang! I like all of those bands." Um, so I just decided to try out. You know, I just moved to like Chicago relatively recently. I didn't really have like a foot in um, on the music scene. Uh, so I thought Craigslist was the best option and I just kind of shopped around until I found something that interested me. I, I played with like a bunch of other people before playing with these guys and this was the one that, that stuck. In Chicago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, when did you move here? Uh, about three and a half years ago at okay. this point. Yeah. Wow. Time. What a time to move to Chicago. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had like six months or whatever before yeah. COVID started and most of it was, <clears throat> excuse me, winter. How about how about you, Christian? What drew you to the band? Yeah, so I was actually a fan of the band. Uh, found them on Spotify like in February, uh, and I saw the ad. I was just looking through like the musicians thing on Craigslist, and I saw them. I was like, no way! They're looking for a guitar player. So I like sent it like immediately, and I think like the ad was just out for like a day or so, like less than twenty four hours, something like that. So now. Yeah, and then um, I met him at a show at the Empty Bottle. Yeah. It was a rad show. And I met up with them, and we uh, discussed uh, a time to audition. We auditioned. and Were you nervous? Yeah, I was a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was never really in, like, an originals band. I've just been in, like, cover bands and doing my own thing. Uh, so... Yeah, I was nervous, but these guys are so chill and they're great at what they do. So I was just like a good fit. So you're the most recent member of the band. Yeah. And you joined when? Uh, su- summer? Summer. The Sun- summer? July, August of the summer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So how is that? How's that going? <laughs> how's the band gelling? I think it's gelling super well. Um, I think Christian adds like so much. Honestly, like uh, people who have seen us before Christian, pre-Christian and post-Christian, PC and PC. (laughs) Um, And everybody says that it adds like so much. It it fills out the sound an incredible amount. So we're so happy to have them. Are are you guys done with five? You're looking for a sixth? I mean, maybe I don't, not for now, but who knows? Could be. Yeah. Someone has some ideas. So how do you guys, you know, one of the things that is really interesting in any group, I think, is how people work together and kind of work towards a a certain goal. In this case, having the band, writing songs, playing music, but also developing your relationships with each other. And I'm curious how you do all of that. But first, what does your time together look like? Is it in practice? Do you guys hang out together and do things outside of practice? What does that look like for your band? I think we most so. Most of the time we are getting together to practice or to prepare something for the band, but we do hang out quite a bit too, you know? Like I think a lot of that then devolves into, oh, let's go out and do something or oh, let's just hang out. Um, But yeah, most of the time I would say there's like a purpose, no? Yeah, most of the time. I think we spent uh, after or in the process of working on this album until it was released, we spent a lot of time together uh, this summer, uh, it, it got really busy at times too. And, and so, um, I think you mentioned this earlier, Sam, where like that, all that time we spent together kind of broke the ice in a lot of ways. And now we're trying to like plan hangouts where we're not 
thinking or talking about the band, just like spending time with each other, which I think is, I'm really excited. <laughs> Should have prepared some team building exercises for you guys. Um, so you have a new album. Yes. It says, when did this come out? Uh, in August, mid-August. Was it, I think, the 19th of August? And, and tell me about the creation of this album. When did you start working on it? Um, well, we wanted to start working on music before the pandemic. Like, we had been talking about, like, oh, we need to start working on some new stuff. But, you know, you're playing shows, you've got things to do. We kind of kept pushing it off. And then when the pandemic um, started, we just basically couldn't do anything else. So that's kind of like when the writing process for the record started, you know, like March 2020. Um, and then, yeah, it was like a year of writing. And then about almost like a, exactly a year into the pandemic is when we went to the studio. And we just got together, what, like four or five times to rehearse the, the record before. Um, going into the studio and then a week in the studio. And, and How did that work? That you wrote, you wrote the album, but only rehearsed it four or five times. Were all the parts written, or did they come together in those rehearsals? What did that look like? I most of the parts were already written. Some of them were not. I think there were some like vocal parts. I know there were some key parts that you were like, just you know, whatever you can come up with. But um, most of the parts were already written. I my memory of this is that in like late February of 2021, Fernando actually called me on the telephone, which was a unique thing still at that time. Um, and he said, hey, listen, I, you know, you know, we've been working on songs for this album. I think we've got an album. Um, our, our friend Marcus and Fernando were working really closely on um, writing and producing these songs. And he said, I, th I think I've picked out the songs, like they're written. I've booked studio time in two weeks because Marcus is moving away and I want him to be there. Uh, does, does that work for you? <laughs> I, I mean, at the time I was just like, oh, a, a reason to take a vacation from work? Like, F yeah, I'm there. Um, so, so we got together four or five times in the, in the following weeks and went over the parts. He sent us the demos and we like, like I, I learned the parts on, on my own for my instrument. And by the time we got into the studio, everything was, just magical. Where'd Marcus go? Uh, Arizona. But we say that he's the, he spends more time in Chicago than in Arizona. So he moved to Arizona, but he, he still lives in Chicago. So you and Marcus were the primary songwriters on the album? No, so Marcus is co-produced the album. Co-produced. Yeah. And that means what to you? Um, helped kind of define the final stru structure of the songs, helped find polish the arrangements and define some of the arrangements, um, that, that kind of thing. So I started this podcast um, at the beginning of the pandemic because that's what kept me sane. Um, and a lot of artists I talked to actually had a really, they seem to have a really hard time creating during the pandemic, despite having all this, you know, new downtime or time at home. How did that feel for you guys? For me personally, it was kind of like a way to, have something to do. No? So I, I was lucky enough that I could work from home and so I would work until five and then swap out the computer and like just work for a couple of hours uh -huh. on music. Um, 
I had like collected before the pandemic 30, 35 demos of unfinished songs that it was, you know, you procrastinating, you're like, oh yeah, I'll finish this, and you don't, and you they just add up. Um, and this was an opportunity to just kind of like focus on something, not think about the world is ending. Uh -huh. um, and I think it was it was great. Like it was it was a good way to not think about. So this it. was a way to really distract yourself and yeah. channel your attention. What about the rest of you guys? How was the quarantine experience in in terms of your creativity? I'll say for me, uh, as a drummer. I cannot play my instrument in my apartment, so... Electronic kit? I do not have one, unfortunately. I wish. Um, so it was pretty rough for me at first. kind of felt like I was, like, missing a piece of, you know, part of my personality almost, like, because I play all the time. Um, but, yeah, one day, similar to Celine, Fernando calls up and he's like, look, I kind of got these songs in working order, like why don't you like take the demos into the practice space and like see what you can do for drums. He had kind of ideas for what he wanted for drum parts, but that was kind of really great for me because it was the first kind of thing that I did post serious quarantine. Um, you know, people were still heavy duty masking, all of that stuff. So uh, it was nice to just like have a reason to like get out of my house and go to the practice space and I I think I went several times before we met up as a band and just like nailed down my parts because I couldn't practice at home so uh, Yeah, it was nice for me. Good. Good thing to get me out of my slump sort of Drumming is such a physical. Did you were you out of shape? Did you have to like? <laughs> um, a little bit. It's kind of like riding a bike like, okay. you know, I was a little rusty but like uh, you you never really like lose the skill necessarily, but yeah, definitely had to shake the cobwebs off. What about the rest of you guys? How did the pandemic quarantine? What did that do to your creativity? Um, okay, it wasn't good for it, I suppose. Uh, I I wasn't in the band when the album was written. Uh, Christian and I both weren't on the album, um, but. Certainly, you know, I, I make music by myself as well, and that sort of took a nosedive when the pandemic begun. Why do you think that is? Um, depression, probably, <laughs> if I'm being honest, you know, like, yeah. I think just being in your house uh, alone all the time. Did you live by yourself? Do you live by yourself? Uh, at the time, I had two roommates, but uh, I wasn't in the best roommate situation. Um, oh, man, that sucks. We didn't really get along super well, so. Yeah. Celine? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so, I, I don't know, creatively, I don't have very clear memories of, of how I could draw lines creatively during the pandemic, but I think, like, I, I had very good intentions in terms of the album. I was like, I'm going to do it. We've got these demos online. I'm going to set aside time to work on them. And then I just didn't. Um, but for me, like I'm, I am someone who tends to have a lot of FOMO, and and like I realized during the pandemic that I'm someone who, when when someone else that I know says, "Hey, come hang out X day," I'm like, "Yes, I'll be there." I always say yes, and so the pandemic for me was really the first time I think I'd ever gotten to spend by myself, um, and it was 
Um, I mean, it was horrible, don't get me wrong. Being entirely alone all the time, not great. But being forced to sort of sit with myself and spend that time with myself and like get to be my own friend again, right? Like that was really good for me. And I, I feel like I came out, came out of that time with more groundedness and, and a, a better understanding of what makes me happy, which is, um, I'm really grateful for that. I want to, I want to ask about that in a little bit, but, uh, Christian, what about you? Um, yeah, I, um, if anything, I became more disciplined. I had more free time. So I'm just like, you're just going to practice scales for like two hours. You're just going to learn a new song. Um, yeah, just challenge your, yourself. And uh, I ended up um, writing and recording a lot of my own stuff, but uh, it made me more of a disciplined musician. And uh, it was a terrible time for everybody, but like personally, like it made me really, uh, uh, I could just connect with my instrument more. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is it is wild how differently everybody coped with the pandemic and felt during the pandemic, and it's hard to make broad general statements about it, but it's interesting to hear how, even among your band, you guys felt differently in that experience. Um, one thing that, and also like, I don't want to talk about pandemics, it's like, I'm so sick of it, but you can't like <laughs> ignore it. I mean, it was, it's whatever. So one thing I'm curious about is, what you 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 guys as a as a band or individually your relationship to your music and your music career and your hopes and dreams and where you thought it might go and if that changed at all with the pandemic experience again i'm kind of drawing from other conversations i've had with other musicians but curious if that shaped uh how you feel about essentially a music career Um, I'll say for myself, like being a member of the band pre-pandemic, like it felt like we were kind of, we were like getting better, but like with kind of no aim in sight, we were just kind of doing it. I don't know. We didn't really have like a goal. It kind of felt like, um, and then when the pandemic started and our old bass player left the band, I was very uncertain, like is this band gonna last through this or not? And like, it was so hard to say because everything was so uncertain at the time. I was like, when when are we gonna, like, is this two weeks? Is it two months, whatever? Um, but yeah, when, again, when the like album came about, it was like, it gave us a goal, which I think was really good for us. Um, and me personally, like it kind of sparked a lot more like excitement about the whole process. Mm -hmm. and. I think, you know, we all work nine to five jobs. So I don't know that any of us are like necessarily like have huge aspirations of like being like full-time touring musicians. Would we do it if it we had the opportunity? Sure. But um, like, I think just having that goal and like something to put this time towards um, was just really nice and just like gave me maybe a little bit more push to like, maybe we can become something and see where it takes us. You know? um, I want to inject a little 
not a parentheses moment, but quickly, what do you guys each do? You have nine to five jobs. What do you do? I'm a data scientist. Data scientist? A pricing strategist. Pricing strategist. I work uh, as a software developer. Software developer, okay. I do innovation strategy. Innovation strategist? Okay. I'm an account manager for a cleaning company. Okay. So you guys, that those all sound like nine to five jobs. So, okay, let's, let's return to the... <laughs> So let's return to the original question. Did this, did the, did the pandemic shape your uh, vision of, of your relationship with your music? Yeah, I think so. I mean, at, at least for me, um, I think it, it forced focus on it, which has been said before, before it was like a little aimless, and this was kind of like, no, if we want this to continue, we kind of have to focus on something. Set a goal. Yeah, set a goal. And in this case, the only thing we could do, because we can't get together and play, is write music, right? So at least for me, that was like a personal thing. And then it did another thing, which is usually when I write, if I get stuck, it's then very easy to like throw it back to someone else and be like, I'm stuck, and get unstuck that way. Uh -huh. But by being stuck at home, that's not so easy, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. So I had to come up with different strategies to unstuck and stick myself. How would you do that? Um, to, for example, force myself to write uh, a different version of the song. So like, let's say that the demo is a guitar and voice demo. Like, okay, now make a disco version of that, of that song. Or now make one without guitars. Or now make one without, you know, a, you know, genre that you've never written before. Would you get stuck on the sound of the song or the melodies or are there, or any of those? Any of those. Could be the arrangement, could be the structure, could be the, I don't have a Okay, verse. so let's let's uh, look at it from a different angle, approach it in a different yeah, way. exactly. Okay. Um, and I think that really helped to like, just think about it differently. Uh -huh. um, and then in that process, it's like, okay, then you have six, seven versions of the same song. Yeah. Well, that also opens up a bunch of new possibilities as to what the song could actually be. Uh -huh. um, and so for me, it was a very productive time to like learn how to do those things by myself. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Anyone else? I mean, I, I don't know that I could speak to how the pandemic specifically helped shape that, but um, I, I can definitely say that playing in this band has just made me, brought me so much joy in that regard. I, I went to college, Back in my youth, I went to college for music business. Oh, you did? I did, yeah. What did you want to do? Um, anything. I was just like, music, that's the thing. I don't know what else to do. That's the thing. Um, but I graduated in 2008. And, uh, I, you know, it was a hard time to be a fresh college graduate. Yeah. Um, I think like some people that I graduated with, figured it out and they made it in the music industry. I did not. Um, I don't think I really wanted to work quite as hard as you needed to. Um, and, and I did a bunch of other stuff and was like, well, I know music's always gonna be a part of my life, that's fine. Uh, and I played in a couple bands over the years, but like nothing really stuck. Uh, and I think I had kind of given up on it taking up any significant portion of my life until these guys came along. And, and it's just been like, su like I said, such a joy um, just to be 
to be involved in it again and engaged in it again. And and like Fernando and and I mean the rest of the band too, but especially all of Fernando's approaches to songwriting has me like feeling really inspired about trying to sit down and write music again for the first time in like 15 years. What he just described or anything else? I uh what what he just described, I think we've talked about it a lot uh-huh. before tonight, perhaps obviously. Um yeah. Thank you. You don't have to answer these questions. Okay. Sorry, could, could the, re- the question is how did the pandemic affect creativity? Your relationship to what you, the role music plays in your life. Oh, okay. Um, I think I listened to, I think I listened to quite a bit more music when the pandemic happened. Uh-huh. Got into some like new genres of music just purely out of boredom. <laughs> like um, such as? Um, I started listening to like some like noise rock. Uh, which I hadn't really been like a huge fan of until that point. Um, I think it sort of kind of encapsulated like the chaos that I was feeling at that time. Um, and it stuck with me. And there's some noise rock bands that I'm really into now. Cool. Yeah. Okay. One's playing tonight, Black Midi. Oh, that's right. I had to miss the, the show for this. <laughs> and I'm very happy to. I'm very happy to. Is that the bottle? <laughs> Sorry? Is that the bottle? Uh, they played at the bottle last night. They're at Tally Hall tonight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'd rather be here. Christian, I know you said that it made you more disciplined. Did it change the any the role in general, broadly speaking, that music plays in your life? Time to reflect on it? Yeah, uh, it made me more disciplined, but also uh, made me realize how fun it can be just to kind of flub something or like not hit something accurately just like it's supposed to be emotive and fun like when you start uh a lot of people like we we start playing guitar drums whatever like when we're young and it's just fun and you're messing up and you're just in your room for hours and hours and hours trying to learn that sick thin lizzie solo (laughs) and like We all were there, huh? Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of like reconnecting with like an old friend, I guess. Like music just wasn't that way for a bit. And it was just like, oh, I remember like as a kid, just like learning. It's like the same and just uh, trying to learn like a Blink-182 song. Just how hard that was, but how fun it was to finally get it. And it was cool like to reconnect with that old part of myself. And it just like lit that flame again. Wow, it, it seems like for all of you guys, it had a really positive impact on your relationship with music. That's great. My colleague, uh, Leslie Tanner, sometimes joins us live. He's not feeling well today, but we've got some words of wisdom from Leslie Tanner. So uh, we'll, we'll take a break right here and, and listen to that. The teens in my area are getting high off of barbicide, the blue liquid that barbers and hairdressers use to decontaminate their combs in between appointments. They're drinking it, huffing it, soaking it in tampons and shoving it up their ass. It's being labeled a crisis.
I'm bored. I'll hold my piss and shit inside just to give myself something to do. This is called the resilient mindset. For today's affirmation, I'd like to address losers. It frustrates me to no end to see losers win. Ugly, humorless dullards who in olden times would have been cast into a pile of countless others like them outside the town's edge shortly after birth. How they game the system to snatch opportunities from those like us who are naturally more deserving, I perhaps may never know. Let us wish them ill this week as we actualize ourselves to, to optimize our wellness. The mind and the universe. Or is it the universe and the mind. <laughs> I don't know. Please give it up for Leslie Tanner. <laughs> if if you and oh, uh if you enjoy that, and how could you not? Leslie uh, live streams uh, two or three times a week. Uh, Thursday nights, he does it on his Twitch channel, and I've got a link at the website. He takes live calls and talks people through their issues, and it's, 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 great. it's great programming. I recommend it. Um, let's chat a little more. You guys all go to therapy. I, I didn't out them. They told me that before that we could talk about that. So I... Um, mental health podcast. Uh, do you guys, how do you feel about therapy? I like it. <laughs> what, what do you like about it? Well, my therapist is super nice, first of all. They tend to be really nice. <laughs> yes, he hears me out. That's always good. Uh-huh. Um, but no, for me, I, I don't know if people know the Enneagram out there, but I'm a five on the Enneagram, so I'm very in my own head. Does your lot. therapist do Enneagrams with you? No, I brought okay. it up to him. But okay, this <laughs> is curious. Just to help explain my mind to him. But um, yeah, essentially, I'm a thinker. I don't like talk very much, I guess. Um, and emotions are hard for me to like get to. I almost like think my way to them so um therapy for me having it once a week is like that time to like process my week almost and like what did all of it make me feel because I'm just not very good at like feeling it in the moment so for me it's really helpful and then obviously also just processing all sorts of past traumas and things like that you know um but yeah it's just like a it's almost like meditative in a sense. Um, so I really enjoy it. I get a lot out of it. Keeps me sane. <laughs> that's, I guess that's the goal. Yeah. Uh, obviously, nobody has to answer this question, but anybody else wants to share what they, how they feel about therapy, please feel free. 
I'm pro-therapy. Because? Um, I, so, I think, okay, it feels like putting these thoughts into words might be a little bit of a challenge, but I'm going to do it. Um, I think that it's great to have relationships in your life that aren't with a therapist who will help to support you, help you process, but a relationship with a professional specifically, someone who has been trained in like psychological patterns and who has experience in how, like how to tell me about like my shit, how to call me on my shit in ways that I can hear it. Um, and, and who can notice the patterns in what I'm telling them and then call those out to me. Like that is super helpful. Like, like I, I quite honestly feel like my therapist is helping me to heal generational trauma, which like sounds, it sounds exaggerative, like an exaggeratively large thing, but it's, that's how I feel about it. And I love it. Amazing. Yeah, I, I guess for me, it's more like it helps me create a framework about how my thinking works. And that's a useful tool to just kind of like break down a problem. Yeah, totally. Not, not pushing, no, if you want to talk about it. Um, I think I like therapy because I have gotten really good at sort of sometimes living in unhappy ways and roommates yeah <laughs> literally and i suppose figuratively no i'm happy with this <laughs> we'll talk after the show um but yeah i've gotten really good at like just putting up with like sort of not ideal situations in my life and if i'm not actively thinking about those situations and talking about them and trying to work through them a lot of times I just won't change them. Mm -hmm. And I think therapy has like helped me break that cycle. Because we're so adaptable. And it's like a good thing and a bad thing. Sometimes you get used to really bad situations. You know? Right, yeah. It's like you're, you're getting through it, but it could be so much better. And it's not going to change unless you actually make moves to change it. Yeah, that's great. I'm also pro-therapy. Um, I'm currently not in therapy, but uh, I've had really good experiences with it. Um, I was really lucky to have the first one be a great one. I didn't have to jump around too much. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, not to sound cliche, but like music can be. Therapeutic, totally. Yeah. Therapeutic. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, for all my life, I was like into really heavy music. And I was like, I'm such a quiet, introverted guy. Why is this? And then when I was in therapy, they were like, well, you have anger. Have you ever had anger? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> so all you listen to is death metal, like napalm death and like entombed. Is, is this? There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, and like to address it and be like, oh, well, I do have anger and that's fine. 
I don't have to express it through the music. I can like be angry and express it in a healthy way and just makes you, you know, be okay and learning more about yourself and, you know, being comfortable in your own skin, just like echoing what you guys are saying. But That's great. I really appreciate you guys. It's a very personal thing. And I appreciate all you guys sharing that you go, I'm a therapist and I have a therapist. A lot of therapists have therapists. Uh, So I, you know, part of the podcast goal is to normalize mental health um, care and going to therapy. And I agree. I I think it's, yes. Give it up for therapy. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about um, how, you know, how you guys communicate and one of the things that that was brought up is you know as you guys are getting busier um with with the album with playing shows obligations and that kind of thing was you know you've you've got a balance between work your personal lives music how do you guys whether it's on this topic or working through band stuff or differences in in ideas how do you guys work through and, and talk about these types of Inevitable band problems. We have a group chat <laughs> um, <laughs> where things get sent. Uh, that usually starts the conversation of like this thing. Is everyone up for it? And then we'll hash it out. If it gets too complicated, it's like, okay, we'll discuss next time in rehearsal. And then we usually do that, you know, comes consistently. <laughs> Um, that's kind of like the approach, the, the specific approach, no? I would say most of the time. Um, and then I guess we also have gotten into the habit of getting together with like once every couple of months and being like, okay, like the next couple of months, what uh-huh. do we want to do? Okay. And so then we're like, well, I'm going to be on vacation these days, or I'm going to go do this, or I can't do this, or I can do these dates. This feels like a skill you would get from a nine-to-five job. Like sitting down and planning out your calendar for the next couple months, yeah. We have a shared Google calendar. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it requires a certain amount of communication, organizational skill. Okay, yeah, that's good. Okay. I would say I do a lot of the, like, emailing and stuff, and Uh then I bring lists of things to talk about to band practice sometimes, and therefore I've been labeled the prime minister of the band. (laughs) I will say, uh, reducing what Ben does to email and stuff is uh, (laughs) crazy. Ben does like everything for the band and his partner, Hannah, so much, so much planning, so much like work for this band, like the driving force behind it. We joke that he's basically our manager. Yes, the prime minister. And Hannah too. Is Hannah here tonight? Yeah, she's right there. <laughs> Hannah, sounds like you're a part of the band too. Great. Well, let me ask you one more question, and then we're gonna break and, and watch a video. Um, somebody mentioned that you uh, will get as, as a band performance anxiety, feel nervous, and that a way to cope with that has been channeling specific performers to try to help cope with that. What? Who are you channeling? How how has that looked? Um, it doesn't really matter who you channel, uh-huh. as long as you channel someone. Okay. So if you don't think about yourself, so you get out of we'll, your. Own we'll way. do this during rehearsal, uh, and and like before we play a song or a set of songs, we'll each like either decide on our own, or I think a couple times Fernando has insisted that Sam's favorite is the rock. 
we pick we pick people to channel during practice just to like sometimes it's to practice like performing uh, and sometimes it's to get out of our heads this is interesting but i think the most interesting part is who you channel so the rock Come on, who else is who are you channel? Who's who are you to go to? It's different every time, and we've done everyone from like Tom York to I think Elmo might have been somebody <laughs> that we did at one point. Uh, various Muppets we've gone through. Um, the Rock, Freddie the Rock, Mercury. Robert De Niro was one of them. Freddie Mercury, yeah. And I don't, I can't speak for. Well, I can't because I've seen you guys do it. None of us are good actors, <laughs> so it's a lot of like it's a lot about like the energy. That uh -huh. we sort of bring from the character rather than like actually like, hey, I'm walking here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys will each pick your own or you'll pick a group one and then I'll do that. Depends on the day. Oh, my God. Uh, we're going to turn now. I don't know if any questions were okay. We got some questions. We're going to turn now. So we've got some audience questions. Thank you. And um, I also ask, this is a section where I ask the band to ask each other questions anonymously. So we don't know who wrote the questions, but it's it's a question from a band member to the band. Okay, here's one. What is your favorite Asi Asi song and why? I think my favorite is Carne Movida. And that's a single we put out before this album. It's kind of like, Fernando wrote that one way before the band existed, but it's like the transition piece from his old band, El Manana, to Asi Asi but it's just my favorite one to play live. It has a ton of energy, and uh, it's just like a groovy song. I Are you playing like that it. tonight? Yeah. Uh, I really like Tranza. I think that one's uh, one of the more, like, sort of ethereal, cool-sounding ones. Uh, I love playing it, too. I think, like, if you had asked me six months ago, maybe even three months ago, I would have said that Nomada was my favorite. And now it's just so hard to choose. I like them all so much. Good problem. I like Gendosi. I like playing that live. Uh, Carne Molita is uh, the song that got me into the band. So it'll always like be like my... Are, are you guys playing all these songs tonight? We're not playing Nomada or Transa. Okay. Transa. I just had a way to like. Okay. Anyway, so that's great. We're gonna hear. We're gonna hear you guys' favorite music. That's great. Um, someone wrote questions that are pretty. I'm gonna ask it. What's your most toxic trait? <laughs> Oversharing. <laughs> Not expressing my needs. I'm so sensitive. <laughs> to what? E everything. <laughs> Cheese, especially. <laughs> I, have a, I have a dairy issue, a severe dairy issue. But it manifests by making me anxious rather than any sort of gastro gastrointestinal. You, you respond know, to cheese with anxiety? Yes, I do. Like a phobia? No, it's not like I look at cheese and I'm scared of it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like I eat dairy and then I feel very uncomfortable mentally afterward. And it's very it's very strange. I don't know what what causes it but have you talked to your therapist about it <laughs> no because i don't think it's psychosomatic it might be it might be i haven't talked to him about interesting. it interesting yeah it's real people have it <laughs> i'm not lying guys <laughs> i believe you yeah. i'm just fascinated okay, <laughs> all right let's um i guess procrastinating 
right. Like in, in, in the band or just personally? What comes to mind first? <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, and I can be really quiet sometimes, but like my head is just on fire, if that makes sense. It sounds like your relationship used to be with music, like the, the metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot inside. Yeah, and uh, uh, I feel like I'm better at expressing it now than before. But um, it's just, I'm just naturally kind of quiet, but I have a lot going on in my head. All right, well, let's round out that question. Thank you guys for indulging that. Um, what personal quality are you most proud of? This feels like a job interview. <laughs> Is it easier to think of the things you don't like about yourselves than the things you like about yourselves? Hmm. I think I'm just a nice Beautiful. person. Beautiful. Ben is a nice person. Yeah, Ben is a nice person. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I think I'm. I think I'm a good musician. I think that's a good quality to have. Yeah. Um, I'll go with good musician. What exactly is the question again? Uh, what personal quality are you most proud of? I picked something, and I don't know what the word is for it. Right now, I am most proud of my ability to admit to mistakes. Yeah, it's not easy to do. I think despite procrastinating, I, I'm good at perseverance as well. Okay. So, balances itself out. I think I'm easy to talk to. I like to think that I am. Uh, that's right. That's right. Um, that's the piggyback off Celine. I I don't mind being wrong, and uh, I don't mind being called out for it. They're like, hey, can you try this? I'm just like, well, what do you mean? You know, I'm like, okay, let's try it out. You know, being in the band or outside, you know, outside of the band. Uh, Great. The next question. This is an audience question. You must take Leslie Tanner on a date. What you gonna do? Therapy. <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking. I feel like if Leslie Tanner doesn't already appreciate it, that he would really appreciate the old town ale house. So I, I say we would we would get Chipotle and drink beers at the old town ale house. I'd like to go to the edge of town and see the loser pit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say I'll take him to the restroom so he can relieve himself. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think he would approve all. I hope he's watching. He's, he wasn't feeling well today. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Anybody want to share a most embarrassing moment on stage? Oh, I have one. Um, <laughs> This was my high school talent show. No, it was my high school battle of the bands. Uh, and I played keyboards. And I don't know if you guys know the band Wolf Mother, but the live, like in live shows, Wolf Mother shows, the keyboardist would like lean his keyboard stand over and like kind of play it like to the side a little bit. And so I thought that would be a really cool thing to try to emulate. And so I taped my heavy ass keyboard to this dinky ass stand. Uh, <laughs> 
and you know didn't do it until the actual performance came along um and so i leaned it over and the keyboard just fell off and made an embarrassing noise <laughs> and i i had to just keep playing after that did it throw you yeah i mean i had to like pick the keyboard up and <laughs> set it back up on the stand and the band didn't stop playing so Show it was embarrassing uh let's see a couple more um Anybody wants to answer? This is someone. This is something a couple of you asked. If you, I'll, I'll pick this one. If you had to force someone in the band to play a different instrument, who would you force to play what? I like the force. <laughs> who would you force to play what? I'd force Ben to play the tuba. <laughs> and maybe Sam the piccolo. Force me to play anything besides drums, it's not gonna go well. <laughs> I'd like to see Fernando play drums though. Be kind of fun. Terrible. <laughs> I'd force Fernando to play the accordion. I think that would be fun. Uh, last question. Any any of you guys or as a band, any current uh, music or band obsessions? Anything you're really digging right now? I'm obsessed with the Beths. The Beths. The Beths. B-E-T-H-S. They are a female-fronted pop-punk band from New Zealand. Their album, Future Me Hates Me, has been almost literally on repeat in my ears for the last two or three weeks. Okay. I got a really good suggestion from someone to listen to the band Automatic. So I've been listening to them a lot. And they're playing at the Empty Bottle soon, so listen and snag some tickets. Huh? Um, I've been listening to Mitski and crying a lot recently. Uh, not a band, but uh, Aesop Rock. He's a rapper. He's amazing. Check him out. Unreal. Um, I've been listening to Gustav. Well, we're going to... Thank you, guys. We're going to break. It won't be the last time that I uh, talk to the microphone, but it's the last natural moment for me to say thank you guys so much for sharing all of that and talking uh it's been really fun to get to know you we're gonna have a quick break don't go anywhere get your drink whatever you need to do come right back because they're gonna set up and then we will have a live performance from asiasi
Thank you. Got a couple more. Next one is called Fantasmas.
this is the last one. This is carne molida. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to Cafe Mustache for having us. Thank you to Jessica for having us on her podcast. And hopefully you had fun. We had fun. And we are a CSE, Carne Molida. Si molestar mi 
Thanks. Please give it up for our CSE. It was amazing. Here comes a bunch of thank yous. Thank you guys for being such an amazing audience and coming out tonight. It was really fun. Uh, thank Cafe Mustache for giving us a home for Murph behind the sound, Ralph running everything, everyone behind the bar. Uh, please visit musictherapypodcast.com. We've got other episodes and upcoming events. Peace and love. Till I see you again. Good night. <laughs>